welcome back to Stuff I Fucked Up, and I am your host, Andy Wallace. This is a podcast about stuff that I have fucked up, and let me tell you, I'm doing a lot of that these days. I am finally back at home again. This room sounds very echoey, so... Clearly, I've forgotten all my settings. Uh, The podcast has taken a nosedive in the ratings. They weren't that good to begin with, and they've gotten worse. I think I'm sitting at about 10 listeners. Yeah, 10 listeners for the last few episodes. So, um, you know, I'm trying to to read about uh, ways to make your podcast... uh, uh, more popular or, or, or get listeners. And I mean, when it comes down to it, this podcast only exists because my therapist literally told me that, uh, you know, she didn't really want to hear me talk about this stuff anymore. And so here I am and I don't have a good support network of of, of people I consider friends who I feel safe with that I can tell this stuff to. So I just sit here in an office and, and tell it to uh, these four walls. And then I put it out in the world because I'm an idiot. But anyway, I was looking up ways to, you know, make your podcast uh, get more listeners. And so one is engagement. You have to engage And uh, the only way to do that these days is through social media. So, uh, you know, uh, making posts and making tags and getting on forums and and, and really promoting yourself. And um, I'm not good at that. I have a closed Instagram with a certain amount of followers that's not going to grow. And I don't think tagging works for that. I post uh, maybe two or three stories per week when the podcast comes out. And then the people in my life who care to listen to it, they listen to it. And and that's really it. I might mention it, you know, at work. I, I you know, I mentioned it or a few people heard about it and they go, oh, you have a podcast. And initially people are really impressed. They're like, wow, what does it take? Like, how does he do that? And you go, you just hit record on GarageBand, and then you have a podcast. And then the the glimmer usually drains from their eyes, uh, and they go, well, I'm going to listen. And then they never talk to you about it again. And that's because A, uh, they didn't listen, or B, they did listen, and they did not like what they heard. So I don't think I've gained too many new listeners that way. And that's fine. Another way uh, they say you can, um, uh, you know, get is is by uh, being consistent. Uh, So release one or two a week and release them all on the same days, which I have not been doing because uh, I've been working a lot. And I guess if you're like a uh, like a nice technical person who knows and, and, and it's fast for them, to to put together a podcast and put the intro music on there's probably a template to do all this and i don't know about that i do this all by hand like i'm baking a pie every week 
and it takes me a solid hour, hour and a half to do all the stuff I need to do to get it online and um, write my one-line description of my episode and click the explicit button so that people know that there's swearing in it. So, you know, that's, that's something to work on there. And then they say the sound quality. You want the sound quality to be really good. Well, I went on Amazon and bought podcast mic the first thing that came up and I yeah I said ship it right over from China I'm sure that these reviews are all written by real people and this mic will get me where I need to go need to be going but when you forget that mic that doesn't actually work very well and you record in your car and you record onto your phone and your computer the quality takes a bit of a dip takes a bit of a dip so I actually thought that I'd forgotten my mic back in Toronto at my parents' house, and I just spent the last 15 minutes going up and down the stairs in my house, confirming that it wasn't in my suitcase and it wasn't in my backpack about four times. I brought my backpack up, and then I realized that I'd put it into the sock pocket in my suitcase, because... Uh, past me was like, this is a smart thing to do. This is a good place for the microphone and you'll thank yourself that you put it here. But I thought it was lost. And so I don't know why you have these things where you're like, oh, the future me is really going to appreciate this. But, but here's the thing. Future you knows that you're a dumb cunt and you wouldn't do something like that. So then when you do, dumbass future you isn't ready for that. So I spent... Yeah, I spent the last 10, 15 minutes running up and down the stairs, and then I needed a USB converter, and that was in my backpack, which I brought upstairs, but I went back downstairs to look around for. It's not going well. But I did get one listener from, I think, the Philippines last episode. Let me just confirm this here. Manila. Yep, the Philippines. So thank you for listening. I don't know if you listened because you wanted to know about the queen or you missed the queen or you love the queen. And I don't know anything about Manila, except I saw a movie once called Metro Manila. It's a sick movie about corrupt cops. So tell all your friends who are hopefully having okay lives. Tell the cops too. Tell the corrupt cops. I'll take anybody. Um, we're going to get big in Manila, Philippines. I can feel it. I have a, a rapport uh, with the, uh, Filipino community, I feel. Anyways, uh, so I'm working on being better, but no promises. Um, what else is going on? Well, fantasy football, uh, this is another way to keep your listeners up is to talk about, uh, sports, which is the, the, I think your lowest rated episode of all time. Just do that right off the top. And that really sucks them in. I am in dead last. I'm about 50 to 70 points behind the next worst person. And my team, every week, uh, they, the, even the good people on my team manage to have a fucked up week. And they get injured. And I looked up my quarterback, this guy, Russell Wilson. He just signed a huge contract in Denver. You know, he's won a... I think he's won a Super Bowl. Yeah, he has. And I found out that... He's married to Ciara, the singer. I'm going, oh, that's, that is not good. That's not good for business. 
This dude is fucking phoning it in every game. He's high as hell. He's in Denver. And, you know, the altitude, the weed. Anyway, I'm leaving him in for one more week. But you're on notice, Russell. You beautiful, fucking attractive asshole. He's 33 years old. That, that's like 50 in sports years. Anyways, that's not going well. But that's not what I wanted to talk about this week. What I wanted to talk about was uh, the little uh, odyssey I've been on um, with getting a CPAP machine. That is a machine that you hook up to your face uh, and nose and mouth uh, that, uh, that helps you breathe while you're asleep because you have sleep apnea and you actually, your brain or your, your throat blocks your airway while you're asleep. And then you stop breathing for a few seconds. Then you wake yourself up and you keep breathing. And over time, it's really bad for your brain and your heart because your heart has to work harder because it's not getting enough oxygen and your brain's not getting enough oxygen and you don't feel rested when you wake up. So this has been an ongoing problem for me for a long time. Uh, I'd say it probably goes back to like my childhood. I didn't have sleep apnea, but I did have an overbite, a big overbite. And I had these, I lost my front teeth first and I don't know what happened, but I, I grew these two huge buck teeth, like huge. I couldn't even fit them in my lips. I don't think they're my adult teeth. And I think that didn't help because I could never really close my mouth. And also when I was a kid, I had this friend named Luke and, uh, there were two or three times, I think I was stupid enough to do it three times, where we'd be looking for a tennis ball to play baseball with, and we couldn't find one for whatever reason. But I remember in my garage, we kept these old softballs. And a softball, contrary to what it says, is not soft, it's hard. Uh, at least uh, when it's hitting your face, it's hard. Uh, because every time we'd say, oh, well, we'll just try and play with a softball. For some reason, and I don't know why, could be because he didn't like me. The first pitch that Luke threw me went directly into my nose. And I was dumb enough to let this happen, not once, but two, I think three times. Uh, so I'll, that definitely messed up my breathing. And as, as far back as I can remember, uh, I've always been a mouth breather, a disgusting Neanderthal mouth breather. So, uh, as I grew up, I finally got braces and, uh, the overbite went away, but the mouth breathing stayed. And as I, you know, got into my late twenties, um, it got worse, especially at night to the point where I would stop breathing and I'd have, you know, your body, your body, uh, your brain jerks yourself awake. So, my poor girlfriend slash wife now uh, was sleeping beside me and then I jerk awake. Like, you know, like when you're falling off, the, you get that feeling you're falling. Well, I'd have that about like a thousand times a night. So uh, it wasn't, and I didn't wake up. I never woke up. I just, it just happens and your body just deals with it and you keep sleeping. 
But um, when you wake up, you feel like shit, you're all groggy, you don't feel rested, and you know, you're basically slowly killing yourself. So eventually my wife was like, you got to do something about this. And I was like, you what? And she's like, you know, during the day you breathe like Tony Soprano. <laughs> and then when you sleep, you breathe like Tony Soprano when he's asleep. <laughs> and she said, oh, well, I think you should get, you know, uh, a, a, a CPAP, like a respirator. And I said what the fuck? You know, just because I got a couple of fucking breathing problems, I got to get a fucking respirator? You know the type of man I hang out with? This could be perceived as a sign of weakness. So anyway, after, after, <laughs> after I was done with that, I, uh, you know, I, I accepted the reality of it. And, uh, you know, I want my wife to be happy. And she's like the lightest sleeper in the world. So, um, you know, it was in the back of my head, but I put it off for a little while and then things started getting worse because, and this probably doesn't have to do with breathing, but I would start having these insane nightmares. They're more like visions, I guess. Um, and I don't know if it was like lucid dreaming or whatever, but I would begin waking up. I would wake up and I would just be screaming, like screaming, going crazy, like rolling around in bed, punching my pillow, like insane. And, uh, you know, I scared my wife to death because it sounded like I was dying, like I would it sounds like a horror movie. It sounds like someone's murdering me in a horror movie. It doesn't sound manly. I'm not the one who's fending off someone who's threatening my family. I'm the one who's being stabbed and I'm screaming like a little girl, like high pitched. It's insane. Not to mention the fact that, you know, I mostly sleep naked. So there's just a naked dude screaming like a girl in bed next to you. That's what my wife is dealing with. So when those got bad enough, uh, and they got bad, they got really bad. Uh, <laughs> there was one day when I was, I was, she wasn't even home. I was asleep on the couch and <laughs> I had one of these fucking things. I don't know what, the, it's definitely something's wrong with my brain for sure. And, uh, I woke up, I sprang off the couch and uh, there was a there's a media console that my TV sat on. It had these two sliding doors on it, glass doors. I sprang off my couch, tripped, and put my head right through a glass door. And <laughs> the glass shattered. And luckily, I wasn't cut. Nothing happened to me. But I did have to sweep up the glass after I realized what was going on. And then like explain to my upstairs neighbors that, uh, that no one had broken in and tried to murder me. So then I finally said, well, I guess it's time for me to get this machine. So I went to my doctor, I told him what was going on. He of course referred me to another doctor, which took about eight months. And, and then I went to this sleep clinic and I went into the doctor's office. This is old European dude. And 
The first thing I notice when I walk into the doctor's office is that it smells like corn chips. It smells like Tostitos or something. I'm like, that's kind of weird. It's just this old guy. He's just sitting in a chair. doesn't even get up. He just says, sit down, sit down. Okay, so you're having problems sleeping. Okay, so tell me what happens. I tell him. I don't tell him about the, the glass head stuff, but I tell him, you know, I stop breathing. I'm jerking. My wife hates me. All that stuff. And he goes, okay, it sounds like we could do on a sleep study. Okay, so he, he just has a huge pad of papers beside him. And all they are are just forms saying that he's prescribing me for a sleep study. And that's all he does all day. One person after another comes in and he just writes, need sleep study. That's it. And as he's doing this, I look down. I look down and beside him at his feet under the desk, I see a bag of Tostitos. And I'm going, this is where... This is where this journey leads to a doctor who's probably paid handsomely, who's just sitting in this office eating Tostitos as he writes endless prescriptions. I mean, he probably worked for a long time. He's probably had done, you know, he's put his fair share in. But this, and he munched them. He munched them while he was writing the prescription too. He's just munching away. Fucking dude probably wrote so many prescriptions he didn't even take a lunch. He's just like, I call it a working lunch. More Tostitos. Fucking just pounding Tostitos. So I get the I get the sleep study. They send me to this place. It looks like a prison. It looks like a minimum security prison. I go in, they're like, show up at 5 p.m. You gotta you gotta hit a buzzer. Some guy lets you in. It's an in industrial area. And I go into the basement of this building. It's like a white hallway, and this dude's just like, here's your room. Go in your room, buddy. I'll come in in two seconds. So he comes in and he's like, uh, okay, take your shirt off. They, he then proceeds to spend the next 45 minutes to an hour um, sticking little electrodes all over my body, my head, my face, my chest, my arms, my hands, uh, everywhere, basically down to like the bottom of my waist. And I guess these... Electrodes are like, it seemed like a sci-fi movie to me. I was like, there's no way all this shit works. But he was putting in, he had to put this conductive paste on. So he would put the paste on, stick the electrode on, and then uh, like tape over it with tape. So if you're hairy or if you don't like having goo slathered all over you, this is going to be tough. So, and... And, and this dude, this dude's like a technician, but like, he's just wearing the worst clothes. He, I was like, this could be a bum because his clothes are just covered in this conductive paste. And he clearly just wears the same shit every single night. Cause why, why would you not? And he sets me up and then all the electrodes are attached to a machine, a little box that I have to, that's just attached to me. Like it's, I, I have to carry it around. So he shows me my bed and it's like a cot, like a jailhouse cot. And he goes, I said, are you the guy that's monitoring me all night? He goes, oh yes, I will be watching you all night, sir. <laughs> and you look around, there's cameras all over the room. They're pointed at you. They can see you in the dark. They can see what you're doing. He goes, all right, get ready for bed. It's not like 8.30 at this point. And there's no way that you're gonna be comfortable sleeping in this jailhouse room it's got one of those doors that shuts with the little window that you look through. So I get into bed and like any, you can't roll over. You can't, anytime you want to shift, 
there's a danger that one of these electrodes is going to come out. And I want my wife to stay with me, so I'm, I'm trying not to, to, to mess this up. But you can't go to sleep. There's cameras pointing at you. You're in a weird room. It's a prison. So I start reading and reading and reading and reading. I, I read like a whole novel until it was like 11 o'clock. And I had to go to the washroom. So you got to buzz the guy. And he comes and lets you out of your cell. You go to the washroom holding the box of stuff. And then you go back to bed. And I just kept reading. And after a while, he actually came over to loudspeaker. Peter. He's like, Mr. Andrew, you must go to sleep now, my friend. You have to go to sleep now. So finally, I, I try to go to sleep. I must have slept for about three hours. And and then just, it, and just a voice wakes you up in the morning next to your bed. He goes, Mr. Andrew, time to wakey-wakey. I swear to God, that's what he said. So I wake up and he takes all the shit off me. That takes another 20 minutes. And I leave. I'm just covered in goo. He's like, there are showers here if you want to. I'm like, fuck no, I'm not going to these prison showers. I get out of there. I go home. Fucking three months later, I finally, I, I get fitted for my, my machine. I do all that. I get the machine home and I start wearing it. And... um. It helps. It does help. It helps. And I think the, the worst part is when I'm first falling asleep, like I'm asleep, but I'm jerking all over the place and, uh, and my wife's waking up. So it helps. But then about halfway through the night, every single night, I just tear this thing off my face. And so I wasn't ever really sure whether it was helping or not, but I kept wearing it and my wife seemed happy and Things were going okay until the company that made the machines mailed me one day. They mailed me this big envelope, said, From the Deutschland, we have made your machine faulty. Whoopsie. <laughs> Turns out there is poisonous foam in the machine. So I read this thing over. So, so there's some sort of soundproofing foam that is built into the machine so it doesn't make a lot of noise and keep people up, that can break down over time and then you can inhale into your lungs. So these fucking Germans, imagine that, these fucking Germans <laughs> designed something that you breathe in and it poisons you. Anyway, so there's a huge recall on the machine, but this is now during the middle of COVID. So the supply chains are fucked and they're going, you know, my supplier, my guy is going, well, you know, you're not going to be able to get a new machine for probably a couple of years. All the parts are on back order, blah, 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 blah. And at this point, we've determined that the foam really doesn't break down that fast. So it's probably more detrimental to your health to stop using the machine. So my options at this point are either slowly poison yourself, affecting probably your brain, your heart, and all that stuff, or not use the machine and slowly murder yourself uh, by working your heart and brain and lungs and all that stuff way too hard. So those are the options that are left to me while the Germans figure out how the fuck to make this thing not poison me. So that's where I'm at. 
And this past Friday or Thursday or whatever day it is, I was loading up my stuff to come back home. I got my machine, I was probably hurrying, and I ripped the breathing tube. There's this like surgical tube that where the, the, the air flows through to get to your stupid face, and I ripped it. So I have to order a new one. So the last few nights, I've been sleeping without it, and sure enough, last night I had a crazy waking vision. Woke up, scared the shit out of my dog and wife. Jumped around, I <laughs> jumped around on my bed <laughs> and ran down the hallway <laughs> naked. <sighs> so that's where I'm at. I'm waiting for my new machine from the Germans. I put all my reliance on the Germans and, uh, and I feel really tired. I've had about nine coffees and I can't concentrate on anything. So there it is. There's your fuck up for this week. If you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend. Tell a corrupt cop in Manila or tell a corrupt cop wherever you live. You know, I'll be the cop podcast. I'll be the one they can turn to. Everybody hates cops now. Huh? Cops are the fucking worst. Every single one of them, no matter what, they're all the worst. Listen to this, man. You're welcome here. This is your support. This is your safe space, fuckers. Tell a friend. Uh, I'm going to start an Instagram. I, uh, I'm going to request you. You're going to look on the Instagram and go, what the fuck is this? Just add me, okay? Just add me. I'm not a bot. Send in something that I can read. Nobody sent in anything. Nobody sent me any voice messages. S-I-F-U-P-O-D-7 at gmail.com. That's S-I-F-U-Pod at 7. Well, S-I-F-U-Pod 7 at gmail.com. Be a friend. Huh? You got that in you? Anyways, I hope you have a great weekend. And I'll talk to you soon.